If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of In-Game Live, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He is Jared Smith. And, Jared, you know, we're going to start off, at least, the same way we have started over the last few weeks. I mean, we are starting to see more and more, as I'll say, meat on the bone in terms of the details that need to be ironed out, the potential issues at play. And I think it's interesting. We're seeing it in baseball. We're seeing it in basketball. We're seeing it across the board. And every league is approaching it in a little bit of a different way. You know, I do shows with other folks here on the network. My man, Kevin Walsh, prioritizes like the tone and the collaborative spirit of the NBA conversation. And that's cool and all, right? But there are still issues there. You and I both know this money issue in Major League Baseball has been an issue, but you even think you understand the owners and maybe they're tackling the big rocks first. Where do you think these things stand in general, Jared, before we dig in to some of the news and notes about, you know, the NBA and Major League Baseball and how they may or may not uh, have acrimonious conversations and ultimately return to play. So I think there's been an obvious difference to me with the two conversations. We have one side where Major League Baseball, it is solely about the bottom line. And that is unpleasant to our ears in, in a way because we're all hurting the bottom line. Sure. There, there is not a human being around right now that has not been affected in some way by the bottom line of the pandemic, it, it, whether you've lost a job, whether yeah. you've had your income affected in some way, the company you work for has been affected in some way. It, everyone's been affected. So for us to hear that the players feel like they should get their full salary and not take any dip, the owner from the life, force majeure. Yeah, the latest offer was for 25% less, a 75% prorated salary. At, I forget what it was. Yeah, the 76 so games. games. We'll, get 70, yeah. we'll get into the so, details. Uh, yeah, and, and then yeah. the NBA, on the other side of that, to get into where the NBA is going, the only thing we're hearing for pushback is, I don't want to be apart from my family for so long. I'm worried about the high risk of this, the safety, and the fit. That's fine. Those are reasonable things to be concerned about, whereas to me, MLB, it's unreasonable in terms of what they're concerned about. I think they sh they're they not keeping their eye on the ball, whereas the NBA is. And there has been pushback, and I agree with you. There are reasonable concerns about a player not being able to see his family for seven weeks. That, yeah, absolutely. That sucks. 
You know, Jared, and I mean, you know, you talk about these health concerns, right? We talk about the Truman Show, the bubble, and not being able to see your family. We talked a few weeks ago, right, depending on how many teams would be invited in would, by definition, change the dynamic and the calculation of how many uh, family members would be allowed to join them inside the bubble. But I got to tell you, I think that is one of the issues. The issue around health that I saw as the biggest is, you know, Last week, we talked about some of these coaches maybe having to wear masks, and Mike D'Antoni came out kind of in opposition around that. What I am also seeing, you know, we have some of the quotes up here about it is they are going to ask, it seems like, all team personnel to disclose their full medical records, okay? And I think this is very, very interesting. I mean, you and I have a right, Jared, to not have to Hippo do laws. that, you know? Hippo laws. That? HIPAA laws. Yeah, exactly. You know, and here's the thing. Again, you know, what I saw, you know, Greg Popovich is in his 70s. You talk about Dan Tony again, Gentry, the head coach of New Orleans in their 60s. There's conversation if these guys are at an increased risk, what do you do? Do you have to put them in the fifth row? There's even talk about would they be allowed to come to Orlando? And that is just the head coaches, right? Talk to me about players. Like, I have asthma. Jared, we've talked about this. I'm at a higher risk. You know, James Conner in the NFL is a cancer survivor. Are The things that come to mind naturally and immediately are the sectogenarians, shall we say, and the head coaches. But to me, when you zoom back and the idea that the NBA may take player and health portfolios into account and what authority they have to make any decisions about this, I could see this being a sticking point, Jared. My pushback is this. What's that? I, I I think you're I think you're looking at it from almost a perspective of you're forcing them to get. I think at this stage, if you were gonna tell me, Jared, we're gonna have our panel of expert physicians, you know, give you a full examination, and we are gonna tell you you have this. Maybe you should be concerned about this. I bet there's a lot of players that probably don't know they have certain ailments. No, that might Jared, wait a second, because this has been an issue for years and years, ever since wearables have been on athletes, okay? And the amount of data that is being collected all the way back to Chip Kelly trying to do this with the Philadelphia Eagles, players you know, completely bristle at the fact of the teams knowing more about their health information and then what they can do about it. This is not new in the pandemic. This has been an issue for a long time across sports when you talk about the teams and organizations having insight and information into their their health status and then how that can be warped for everything from contract negotiations. You know, I mean, this has been an issue for a while. Across. I'm not saying that it's not an issue in past, but these are not past. This is Corona times. We have to know if these players are at risk, and and they and they might they might not know. They right. might not know. But you also said it was HIPAA laws, right? So regardless, there are laws here that the NBA is potentially asking to go and around. The players so will have to sign the. You right? can you can you know sign a release that says right. I release this information to mm -hmm. said team. And if there's a play, listen, I, I, I understand the concerns of health, but if, so I think, take me to the worst case here. The worst case is the players band together and say, we don't want physicians looking at us and letting us know if we're high risk for COVID, we're not going to play, or they don't want the teams to know that. No, the risk the team, is that the teams know. Here's what it is though. Wait a second, Jared, seriously. The, the, the proposal out there is that everyone needs to submit it to the NBA, and then the NBA decides if you are allowed to come into the bubble or not. I think that's an extreme case. I, that's, that's what I, won't I think that's, that's an extreme what the case. case. I don't think you're going to see any big-time players that are going to get barred. And also, the, okay, the what about Greg Popovich or Tony? I, don't, I, I think that is a little bit overblown. And and I think Adam Silver walked it back immediately on TNT, and that was your reading into the tea leaves, that it was obviously a sticking point that the NBA is okay with conceding. Because Adam Silver walked it back immediately on TNT. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think we're going to have this, like, I, I think what I think the road you, you think is we're going to have this big, contentious public debate over this, like we're having in Major League Baseball. I don't think so. I think this is all kind of being handled internally in the room. 
And I don't think we're going to see this knockdown, drag out fight about the NBA safety regulations. They even moved up the day that they're going to start the games. The, everything is moving forward in the NBA. Yes, there are things to discuss. Absolutely. But I think I don't foresee a world where a healthy person is not going to say, yeah, test me. Tell me if there's anything I'm, I'm, I'm missing here with COVID. If the, if the physician says, hey, bro, you're good. What do I care if the league knows that? I want the league to know that. I'm good. Let's move on. I'm ready to play. I mean, I, I understand that maybe the players don't want some kind of un, you know, covered ailment to reveal itself, but that's fraud in a sense. If these play, if these owners are paying you millions of dollars and you're supposed to be healthy and you're hiding some ailment, so I have no issue at all with physicians going in depth about what these players are going on with inside. How is this disease going to affect whatever underlying conditions they could have? The players, if I'm a player, I want to know that too. So I think the players should welcome it. Yes, the distribution of that information is an important administrative thing to look at, but I don't think it's going to hold up the proceedings of playing a season at all in the least bit. If anything, I think it would accelerate it. All right, we shall see. I mean, you know, I have asthma, right? What if I, our I boss— and that's where you're coming from, from it, and that's why I'm— What if our boss says, I'm I can't do the show with you anymore because of that? But why? I can't you're come doing the show the from home. What do you mean? No, no, no. Can't come into the studio. Well, then you do the show from home. Well, you, NBA you players work. would not have that opportunity. But that's, well, well Dane, let's be real here, though. An NBA player with asthma is going to have a lot of other issues as well. They're playing a sport that is heavy cardio, and they have a, a, a pulmonary condition. So I, I think – I, I don't know if I could draw the, the – Milk has asthma, has coronavirus. So you're cool if you know he wait, was who, not – Wait, who? who? I, I didn't hear that name. I'm sorry. Von Miller. If Von Miller has coronavirus, Von Miller should be isolated he from did. the team. He did. So right? then so then he should be tested. And if he's negative, then he should be allowed to come back. Yes. Just like but anybody again, else. But again, this is not no, no. Jared, I, I really think maybe you're not hearing the actual what the NBA is actually saying here. This is not about if they test positive. This is if anything. Well, I, I, I know exactly what the NBA is saying. They're saying they're gonna have their team of doctors come in and look at every yeah. player and evaluate them. If you're not listening to the, what do you think? The NBA is going to bring in doctors to like cook the books. The NBA wants these players to play. They're invested millions of dollars in them. They're going to do everything possible to get these guys on the floor. It's almost like, I, I don't understand what the issue is here. I, other than the releasing of the information, which I get. Right. But the actual evaluation of players by doctors that are experts, why wouldn't the players want that? And again, that is not what I'm talking about, just the evaluation of players. And go read what Wojciechowski and Zach Lowe are saying. I read it. I read, I read it. it. I saw they it. They do not know what authority, if any, the NBA would have in doing what they are proposing they're going to do. You're talking about the HIPAA laws, right? They are proposing to understand but that how is this different than any, any evaluation that gets made, let's say, when a player gets traded to another mm -hmm. team? And the trade is pending a physical. How is it any different than that? That happens all the time in the NBA. Every year, multiple, hundreds of times. Right, because this is, I'll, I'll answer the question. Because this is not about something that exists. This is about the potential that they would be at higher risk. So you're saying the doctors are wrong and they should be allowed to play even though a doctor says you're at risk for getting COVID? Yes. If they're at risk, but that's the caveat in the, in the contract. If they're physically at risk, they're going to get paid anyways. So what's – I don't understand. I don't understand what the issue is. If a player gets evaluated by one of our doctors and the doctor says, bro, you've got some issue going on here. You can't play. You are high risk for COVID. The player gets paid full, full salary. And in the MLB, they get the year of service time too if that's the case. So if we want to equate this to Major League Baseball – I don't understand why it's a problem. Like the, the player should be welcoming. Yes, I want to see as many doctors as possible. Am I going to get this disease? Like that's how I now. Granted, that's how I would never be had at it. anybody make a health-based decision for you. And I think that's I a little bit here, though. I don't. I don't know. 
And just the like doctors we should be making health-based decisions, right? We all it's thought the plan was going to be worked out. We all thought the finances were going to be worked out. And as we go further and further down the road, these things continue to pop up. We could talk about Dan Tony wearing the mask and how much he would push that as well. We've also got some value to find. NBA, yes, no playoffs will be in the play-in tournaments. Is there any value there? We come and check it out when we come back. It is in-game live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, everybody. It is In Game Live giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Jared and I talking about, you know, it's a very delicate subject, right? And when we talk about people's health, when we talk about people's family, when we talk about people's finances, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who, you know, feel different kind of ways. And, you know, you were mentioning also, Jared, the idea of uh, uh, comparing it with baseball, right? The idea that the negotiation in baseball didn't seem happy to your ear, whereas the collaborative tone on some of the NBA things kind of feel a little bit more digestible. We'll see as they go all the way down the path until pen is put to paper on all sorts of these details, uh, how much back and forth any of these require. But the hope Jared, is that we are going to have basketball and we're going to have an intriguing format here, right? With nine teams still viable in the East, 13 teams, if I'm correct, still viable in the West. And, you know, we've heard already, all right, Kevin Durant ain't coming back. We know LaMarcus Aldridge is also out for the rest of the season here. When we look at first the Eastern side, 
right? And you have yes, no's up on Washington, but also Orlando and also Brooklyn. Do you see any value here? I mean, I'm thinking like, hey, these things are going to all be played in Orlando. Does that help you? Like, were you going to bet the Nets before the Kevin Durant kind of injury news? When you look at this bottom of the East, are there any playoff yes, no's that kind of strike your fancy, a returning wall or Beal news help you in any kind of way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Beal stuff would get me a little bit on the Wizards. I'll tell you what, if there's one bet, and I guess it kind of ties into the Wizards, so you have to kind of okay. be bullish on the Wizards if you want to make this bet. But the no for the Nets at right. plus 2,300 is right. a juicy, juicy little piece of chicken nugget there. <laughs> um, I, I have I, I have full faith. Uh, that Brooklyn is going to be a contender at some point in the not-too-distant future. But obviously, it is not this year. Not only has KD bowed out, so any faint glimmer of hope that he was going to come back. And I'll be honest, I absolutely gave it a glimmer of hope when the season got pushed back because theoretically, he'd be ramping up his season right around the same time uh, when the finals would be played. So I didn't totally rule it out if you wanted to give KD... Uh, a, a short runway to maybe steal uh, a right. title run with Brooklyn in a year that was supposedly lost. I thought maybe there was a chance, but then he bowed out. And then shortly after that, Kyrie also did right. the same. And we haven't seen these odds move. If anything, we've seen them move in the other direction. And I don't think that's because people realize fully the other teams involved here and how good they potentially can be. I, I, I think Orlando's overachieved all year. And I think they have the talent to can obviously stay in their eighth spot. The Wizards are a team, if they get hot offensively, right. they can beat anybody on any given night. We saw them. I think they dropped like 170 against yeah. the Rockets one night or something. So, it, again, it, we'll see how who starts hot in this restart, which I'm basically handicapping it as a new season, which is why I'm giving a little more credence to some tough luck teams the Sixers are another one of those teams that had a little tough luck pre or pre pause yeah. that I'm going to kind of see if the, 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 the fate gods uh, of basically a new season, positive switches, regression. Exactly. Exactly. So switches that a little bit. So think opposite what you normally would. So in your mind, you remember the Sixers and the Nets playing relatively well, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie playing relatively well during the pause. And, and so Maybe a little opposite with, with the Sixers. The Nets, I just think they've given up on the season. I mean, they, they KD, Kyrie are done. Yeah. And they know next year is what they're looking towards. No head coach, interim head coach, no Kenny Atkins. So it's a little chaotic there in Brooklyn. 23 to 1. Again, they're tied with Orlando right now. I know, the, I know the Wizards have a little bit of room, but they're basically neck and neck with Orlando. So no difference there. I, I think that's yeah. worth a bet to me. I like that one, too, you know, and you brought up, you know, the KD aspect, but for me, it's just pure math, okay? And the fact that they're only half a game up on Orlando right now. We talked about their schedules, and the thing is, the, the way this is constructed, Jared, I, I like what you're saying because, what'd you say, 23 to 1? Because they can easily be in the eighth spot, right? If Orlando just, oh. you know, plays one game better than them over the eight. And then Washington is to me the variance team like I've been talking about Houston in the West right they can get hot they can score points and remember all they have to do is get within four right and then it triggers that little play in you know I could see a Wizards Brooklyn play in we are not far away from that and then sure give me 23 to 1 on something that's like a two or three game playoff and that winds up into your snacking territory i go. would imagine right so you're right i think the initial position because listen they're only half a game out of potentially being in that play in kind of tournament let's look at the west though i think the west is a little bit more interesting jared right so you have um memphis the current eight seed and by the way i don't know if you see him but he's like literally in like flip-flops and a bathing suit throwing down windmill dunks in practices i pray to ja and i think he may have stuff uh he may relish the opportunity to in a condensed situation when him and zion will both be in the building watch what ja does but i digress um you got memphis in the eighth spot right jared then portland three and a half back 
New Orleans right there as well. Sacramento right there as well. And then San Antonio, only a half game back of them, still within that four-game threshold, right, to trigger the mini-tournament, whether Popovich is allowed to be there or not for his own health. That's obviously another topic for another day. Which of these Western Conference fringe contenders do you think represent the best value when we look at some of this yes-no for the playoffs? There's two that I like. Um, okay. And again, value, you need to use that word uh, and not always think of it with a plus sign. And I implore that to, you know, Yanni, when he comes on the show and does UFC picks, he says that just because it has a minus sign in front of it does not mean that there's not value there. Value is what our perceived odds are against what we're actually getting the price. Yeah. So I, that's that's why I'm actually looking at Memphis here at minus 160 to make the playoffs. Mm. So. We, we talk a lot about this. We talk a lot about this, and I think it is a very valid point that there are going to be some teams during this that are going to be more affected than others from the mental health perspective, being away from their families and, and being away. I mean, I think the, those concerns are valid concerns. Yeah. And I hope that maybe there's a visiting day or something that they can work <laughs> out. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, that they can work out, that they can see each other. But let's say they can't. Let's operate under the assumption that the players are going into this seven weeks without it. Well, okay. who would benefit the most from that from a statistical standpoint? Well, it's the youngest teams. They're the ones you would think have the Why least amount that? of family. Oh, because well, you of would the think that, thing? Yeah, you would think you that, missing the family? Exactly. You would think that the guys that are 22 and 23 and 24 years old don't have as many kids, wives, and et cetera. And again, that is a general statement, but also it does hold some merit in, 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 in court. You know, for the most part, the older you are, the better chances there are that you have other family situations that would require you to be close to home and you can't be seven weeks gone without contest. So that's why I looked at who the youngest teams are in the NBA. And guess who the youngest team in the NBA is? I'm going to guess Memphis. There you go. The youngest team in the NBA. Now, again, I could go player by player and say if they have a wife and kids and we can do it that way, maybe we'll right. do that next week. But for now, I'm just going to say that's another statistical metric that I like. The okay. fact that for the most part, these guys are 23, 24 years old. Their average age is, I think, 23 and a half. They don't care. They just want to play basketball, right? That, that, that It's love of the game a little bit more so than a 30-year-old veteran with a wife and three kids. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's I looked a little bit of value on Memphis because I think their mental handicap, to me, isn't as you know glass ceiling as some of these other teams that maybe are a little more veteran-laden that have a lot going on at home that they're dealing with. We always cap this all the time in college football and college sports. The home games sometimes are tougher. Because right, it's right, right. your, your, your we'll family's in town and, and everyone's yeah. there to watch you. And it's like you're dealing with the tickets and this and that. Sometimes on the road when you go away and you're a young kid and you're just mm -hmm. with your teammates, it's it's easier to win. I yeah. think Memphis is going to have that vibe. And they're a tough team. Minus 160, lane 60 cents to me is a good price. Uh, if you want a flyer, I'd say Sacramento. They're on that list as well. Phoenix, another young team. But I think they're a little too far out to really be considered but Sacramento's in striking distance. You're getting almost 9-1 to one on FanDuel. I don't mind that price either. But I'm going to be betting most of my playoff money on the Grizzlies at minus 160. To qualify for the playoffs. And then as a uh, as a gift, they get LeBron and Antonio Davis probably <laughs> That's another story. on the I'm not going to be counting right? that no, game. No, absolutely. <laughs> I will say this. Here on Sports Grid, what we do, right, is give you information. And, Jared, we've said it so many different times, right? Um that we could talk about this trend and you put stock in it, right? Maybe someone doesn't, right? I could say something, maybe I put stock in it, maybe you don't. We are giving you the information. You guys, when you are making your bets, get to decide which one sure. you think are more important. You know, like I remember when we were going through the NFL schedule, I was talking about the home road splits on primetime games. That didn't rate with you. You didn't think that was that big of a deal for your personal handicap. Here, you mentioned that this is a statistic that you like, I personally think that we could be getting into sweeping generalization territory. And I don't know for every 34-year-old that's got a wife and a kid, every 23-year-old that's living with their mother that has cancer. I mean, who knows in these pandemic times? But it is interesting to see that potentially the Memphis Grizzlies are chomping at the bit. Our friends over at FanDuel have also put in some odds boost. And you know, Jared, you know that on the Eastern Conference, 
I am trying to beat Milwaukee. And I have chosen Boston and Miami to do so, right? You talk about Philadelphia. They have gotten a big boost. You mentioned the Philadelphia 76ers. They are also a team. It depends on which one you're going to put more stock in, right? I can make the point that they were one of the most dominant home court teams in the league, right? I think there was something like 27-2 and two on their home court. And they will not have that advantage when the NBA season resumes. However they probably will have a returning Ben Simmons back to their lineup. One of the players that we talk about that may be able to actually move the needle. And I saw on social media out there that you were playing with some of these odds boosts, huh? The odds boosts are great. And our friends at- I got my bad sugar show on an odds boost at UFC. They, last they do it great. Uh, they, they they do a good job. And well, here's, and again, we're, we're running short on time, so we'll get to this a little bit after the break. But hey, usually- the odds boost, and this isn't FanDuel's fault. This is just the way of capitalism. The things that are on sale are usually the things that nobody right. wants. Uh, in this case, not only did I get an odds boost on a team that I think is 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 a plus EV team, anyways, at nine to one, nonetheless at fourteen to one to win the East, but they gave you an odds boost for the for the Lakers to win the title as well, which is like that's like Park yeah. Place and Boardwalk. I mean, yeah. you know, considering the usually you get the odds boost on like the weird yeah. porky bets that nobody wants because they're trying to you know, get action on them. I understand mm -hmm. it, but it, it is funny, Al, they're drumming up some attention yes. by using the headline teams to get you in. Great I've strategy. We'll get to it after the break. Okay, I got a theory on why that might be. We'll talk about this, and then, listen, we got to compare what's happening over in Major League Baseball. We'll do that as well when we come back. It is In Game Live, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back in, everybody. It is In Game Live, giving you the edge here on Sports Grid. Jared and I have been, you know, intrigued by some of these odds boosts that we're seeing with our partners over on FanDuel. Jared, you know, you mentioned the Lakers. You mentioned the, you know, the Sixers and like how, wow, they're actually putting the blue light special on something I wanted anyway is intriguing. Remember last week, Jared, when I asked you if you thought NBA was going to be like variants or cream rising to the top? Yeah, and I asked you if you were going to take the the top three or the field, and I believe you ultimately settled on wanting the LA teams and Milwaukee, the cream rising to the top. I want I, the LA teams for sure. Right? Yeah, you were Milwaukee, trying Milwaukee. I'm uh... big boys to get in there, but do you think that could be it at all? Do you think more and more people are coming at this reopen with the approach of variants? And, you know, and so maybe you need to juice up the the other side of things. If they've been listening to me, then probably. Uh, so, unfortunately, I don't think our sports grid numbers are that good where every bet that FanDuel has listen, or one of these books has. Each, uh, main events, plus money comes in, right? You know, road favorites are coming in and boom, this league. The KBO, what you're riding. I, the idea of variance is something that we have talked about a lot in this return. And if people are going to start finding ways to apply that here, maybe that is why you got to juice up a favorite. I think the NBA is the one sport. And again, I'm not going to claim to be the expert in the Bundesliga or the KBO where, where I'm saying is gospel. I've tread lightly in those sports. I feel that from my understanding of what's happened in, let's say Bundesliga, because it's a little right. more mainstream than the that KBO. That seems like is, the cream is, you know, rising to the top. We got road. It does. It's coming on in. Yeah. It does. It does appear. And again, this is not an apples to apples comparison. Yeah. What happens in Germany cannot be compared to what's going to happen between. What happens to professional soccer players in Germany isn't apples to apples from professional NBA players in Orlando. But I can draw a generic conclusion that it has not appeared that the variants we were expecting in their early stages of the restart have been as prominent, meaning the best teams have played better than the bad teams. Now, to that end, there have been some middling teams that have vastly underperformed. And I think that might be the better comparison because I think in the NBA you have really one or two, maybe three great teams Okay, where really it's those three and, you know, say what you want about the Bucks winning it all, but they are a great team. They proved it in the 60 plus games in the regular season. So did the Lakers. So did the Clippers to an extent when healthy. I would say actually the Clippers to me are that fringe great team. Okay. Uh, but I would expect those great teams to be great or at least show flashes of greatness early on. Maybe they're not 48 minutes of greatness like we've seen the Bucks just bludgeon people. But my guess is you will see Giannis and LeBron do Giannis and LeBron things very early on in this restart. And that's obviously very tough for the teams that they're facing. They're the best players in basketball. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think the cream will rise. Now, over the course of an eight-game season, yes, you're going to have some upsets. But I don't think the – here's another thing is the upsets won't be as sharp anyways because you're removing the handicap of home court. So the right. lines are going to be shorter. That's another thing you have to keep in mind. The mm-hmm. Bucks are never going to be favored by more than 10 points against anybody. There's no home court. So – and there's no road court, so it's, it's going to yeah, be yeah. different. I think the lines are going to be more compressed, therefore not as much variance because there won't be as many big underdogs that went out right, and there won't be as many big underdogs. All right, fair enough. You know, And remember, I mentioned last week you know, with the NBA, I saw reports that you know, the dirty little secret, as I mentioned, was that first-round games are a lot of times not great basketball, one True. versus eight, right? And then you add to what you're talking about, the cream will be able to rise to the top more quickly. You know, I think it adds even more uh, oomph for why they wanted to have that runway, that eight-game regular season to get everyone up to speed. And so that was also part of when you know there were stakes on the games so it wasn't a bad product 
early on. So that is very, very interesting to me. We'll continue to look. We have the schedules up. We talked strength of schedule a little bit last time. We will see as more meat gets put on the bone. Jared, I do want to transition, though, to Major League Baseball, right? Because when we talk about the NBA, every single time, you know, when we talked about the sharing of the pay cuts, um, you seem to have trust and faith that they would figure it out, right? We trust in Adam Silver. He's boys with Chris Paul. They're, they're, they're talking to everybody. You know, the conversations are happening. We think the opposite, right, in Major League Baseball. And that has been coming in an obvious way, I would say, with these proposals back and forth. Now, last week, you know, Jared, we broke out the money. Right. And I thought it was an interesting conversation. And I told you then, watch, they're going to start narrowing from, you know, that that uh, 114 and the 50 games. And we have seen that over the course of this week. Right. After saying that there would be no more proposals, Major League Baseball comes back and says 76 games, but with more than the force majeure. Remember the secret word of last week. Right. 75 percent of the pro rating. That falls within the range that we calculated. Then the players came back and said, no, 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 we'll go down from 114 down to, I believe, 89 it was, right? And so you see the sides narrowing a little bit. But then for me, the most important piece of information here with all of this, Jared, is what Manfred is out there saying, right? And I think that's the tell, okay? We know that they had an agreement in late March, which kind of already sets the stage for the quote-unquote last resort, the quote-unquote in case of emergency. Well, we're here, Jared. We're at the emergency stage, and everything Manfred has been saying is sort of like this back and forth we're seeing now is the quote-unquote good faith negotiations, but if it doesn't get done in like the next week, he's just going to come in and deliver the schedule, and it's probably going to be close to that last resort 50. Yeah, I mean, I it, that obviously is what's going to happen. First of all, uh, credit, and I never have an issue giving credit to people who deserve it, just like I never have an issue giving bad credit to people who deserve bad credit. But credit to Carl Ravage mm. uh, on ESPN Wednesday night. Uh, they had, obviously, uh, Rob Manfred did an interview on MLB Network first. Good journalism. Should. Good journalism. I'm really asking tough questions. Uh, the questions that we've been asking for the sure. last three months to each other. And you saw Rob Manford get uncomfortable in the interview. I mean, you visibly saw him get uncomfortable. And that's the mark, as hard as it is sometimes, sometimes the strongest fire forges the strongest. Adam Silver was uncomfortable fire. for a hot second on TNT also, right? Like, because he said happy. something he shouldn't have said. He yeah. brought something out into the public that that's really should have been kept behind closed doors. And you saw how quickly, which <laughs> also speaks to the character of Adam Silver, how Silver quickly that was backtracked. Yeah, so well, for Rob Manford, you visibly saw him get uh, get uncomfortable. But like I said, the hottest fire forges the strongest steel. It is good. It is healthy for Rob Manford to get on national TV and explain to us, the baseball fans of the world, why this is so heated and so contentious and why these two sides can't figure it out. Face the music, Rob. We're the ones that pay your salaries every year. This is how it works. So I'm glad that it happened. Mm -hmm. Carl Ravitch played his role, probably ruffled some feathers with Major League Baseball asking some of those questions. I doubt Rob's going to be hopping on with Carl again anytime soon. <laughs> hopefully he doesn't need to because hopefully all the news from here on out is good. But I wanted to make sure I got that out of the way Absolutely. because it was an important part for me and my handicapping of the situation to see Rob Manford sweat a little bit. And he was saying a lot of the same things that we've been saying. They are working with the union. They want right. baseball back. These are the terms. But he also said something to me, which is why I am officially now on Team Manfred. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it he tried to sympathize. You know, he tried to level with us. And he's like, listen, this is what we're proposing. We, we, we offered them 25% less of what we were going to pay them because we're hurting right now as, as owners, as a, as a league. We're not making money. And as a human being that's lived through this same pandemic that Rob has, how what logical human being cannot, cannot sympathize, empathize with that? Absolutely. So, uh, again, Max Scherzer claims that there's more under the table that we're not pretty. We ran to. some of the numbers last week. You know, hey. 
I mean, and again, it, it goes back to the who you want to believe category. Well, I'm planting my flag. I believe that the owners have been harmed financially in some capacity by this pandemic. I, I find it yeah. hard to believe that they haven't been. I think a lot of reasonable people can agree on that. So I, I respect Rob for facing the music, the firing squad of Carl Ravitch. And I did learn a little bit about what's going on. And Rob gave us the guarantee. Yeah. He guarantees Joe Namath, Mark Messier, best Rob's guarantees in sports. Where does it rank amongst those? Maybe not the highest, but probably not the lowest. Probably above Patrick Ewing in game seven of the finals. Right there, Dane? Uh, potentially. Yeah, you know I'm a Namath guy. So, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. And, and I've been saying this the whole damn time, Jared, right? Like that he had this ability i've been i've been saying silver has the trust yes. to do what he needs to do manfred maybe he doesn't have the trust but ultimately that's irrelevant because he has the power to do what he needs to do as Ooh. per the march 26th agreement so the whole damn time i told you we're gonna have baseball we were just in a more ugly way seeing yeah. how the sausage was made and we may not like it it may only be 50 games or 60 games but it was always going to happen Right. It was just a matter of if it was going to be happening, you know, as per these teams playing nice in the sandbox, which would be the goal, or if he would have to exert the power of the office of the commissioner to get it done. But it was always going to happen. And listen, we have talked about variants before. We've talked about variants in the NBA. We've talked about variants now in the KBO and in Bundesliga. And remember, um, you know, Jared, we talked about like with the, the shortened season, the expanded playoffs, what the variance means. Did you notice, though, that um, on all of our friends at FanDuel, the wagers they have, the win percentage bets that I told you they've con uh, you know converted over, it says there uh, there must be 75 games to be played That's for that odd number. You take action. It's an especially odd number when yeah. the last Major League Baseball proposal was 76. for <laughs> 76 games. Do you My make guess is, Fandle, we'll, we'll talk to Sierra that, next yeah. week. I, I think they can adjust that number. I think they, I think they might have to. Yeah, they will. So that's interesting. I told you my variance team last time around. What we also have to understand, and we've gotten news and notes from our guy, the closer, Chris Ventra. Now, remember... Oh, yeah consistency, right? We've been talking about that. There are some big-time names that moved places in the offseason. We may have forgotten about them. I want to bring those back up and see who's primed and ready to go in a new place to hit the ground running and who might be a fantasy fugazi to forget about. We'll do that when we come back right here on In Game Live. Dane and Jared will be here. Hopefully you will be as well. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back into In Game Live, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. And you know, it's so interesting, right? You know, Jared, in a lot of things, when we were talking about the NFL offseason, you know, and all the player movement and free agency, we talked about familiarity and how important it was, right? Whether it was Foles going to Chicago with DiFilippo as the coordinator, whether it was Phillip Rivers reuniting with Frank Reich, Teddy Bridgewater reuniting with Joe Brady. We talked about those kind of trees that happened and the familiarity and how important that was. And so I got to assume you stand the reason that that's got to be the case also in baseball to a certain extent. And we may now have a condensed variance-laded season, you know, Jared, with people changing leagues, changing locker rooms, seeing brand new pitchers or seeing brand new hitters if you're a pitcher. Do you think in general, before we get into some of these specific names that our guy, the closer, says either benefit or is bumped down because of their transition, do you believe this is going to be harder than most years for some of these new faces and new places? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't think it'd be harder than any normal year because, it, you know, I think, yeah, I guess maybe a little bit at the beginning of no the season. No runway with that, but at the beginning. You would hope. At the beginning. Well, here's the thing. These guys have already had, what, a month of spring training? So you would hope that the 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 initial un, unfamiliarity with the facilities <laughs> and who you're talking to and your practice routine, the coaches, the people you're working out with, They've at least had a taste of that uh, where you're not just flying complete. It's not like a blind date. You know, they, they've had a month of it already and they've had a little bit of a ramp up. Yeah, there's going to be an adjustment. I think the biggest thing actually is the new pitchers. You face new pitchers. You know, that's always been yeah. a big adjustment for any hitter or pitcher going to a new league. Whether you're a pitcher, you're facing different hitters. If you're a hitter, yeah. you're facing different pitchers. To me, that you can't do that until you play games anyways. So there's always a ramp up to that. And that's just the natural part of it. Now, that being said, the, the shortened season. Yeah, no, I, I might favor some teams or some players that have had similar to the NFL. Like we've talked about their battery intact because you don't have as much time to ramp up. And if you're a National League player moving to the American League and yeah. you're facing American League pit. Now, granted, that being said. The new the schedule this year, right? Yeah, like the new schedule is going to be weird anyway. So there's so many, you know, kind okay. of loose ends to tie up in that assessment. Let me look at a schedule. Let me see right. how many new, you know, and then we'll get there. So, yes, that absolutely could be a factor. Definitely not ruling that out. Too early to tell which team's players will be affected the most. We fair. don't have a schedule in our hands yet. All right, that's fair. But one thing you did mention is maybe the starting pitcher being at risk here with a brand new kind of battery, seeing a lot of uh, unfamiliar faces. So, you know, the closer up here has a few names, 
right? We have David Price, obviously, who was traded from Boston to the Dodgers, is really, you know, funding the Dodgers minor league system Seriously. right now. But don't forget, Corey Kluber is in Texas. Zach Wheeler moved from the Mets, was signed by division rival Philadelphia Phillies. Even Madison Bumgarner, right, who it's going to be weird to see him not in a Giants uniform. He's in Arizona in the desert. Those are four of the kind of pitchers that Ventra thinks, you know, maybe Price moving to L.A. with the Dodgers, good lineup behind him. But on the flip side, thinks that it could be a downgrade for Kluber, for Wheeler, and for Madison Bumgarner. We could take these individually or as a whole. Do you agree with the closer? <laughs> I love you, Chris, but I don't. Uh, I, I, Rendon, I, you know, I think the— Just the pitchers, though. Just the pitchers. I mean, I, I, I understand that, that they're not— <laughs> It's laughing us now. I understand that the Angels are not the defending world champs. That I get that, but I, I would say I would say based on their roster, you put a guy like Rendon on their team, and he could be a missing link. Whereas I would really love it if we didn't waste all of the prime years of Mike Trout. We got this guy into the postseason at some point, see what he can do in the playoffs, and I think Rendon could be a guy that could push them okay. over that hump. We thought it would be Pujols. It hasn't been. He's been good, not great. Rendon has the chance to be great. Obviously, they've got some pitching issues to, to work out. I but told you I'm I, on them last week, yeah. Big, big picture, Dane. I think I'm favoring hitting teams over pitching teams in 2020 early because I think the offenses will rule the day. And, and I think overall – you're, you're going to see teams be able to outslug others because they're just going to have a, a, a fresh bullpen set of arms the next day because the rosters are going to be expanding. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I think the offense is, is where I would lean anyways with my value. So maybe I agree with him on a guy like Kluber who's going, you know, he's going to go to a different division. He's not going to have a lot, you right. know, that I agree with. Texas is a downgrade for sure from Cleveland. You go from Terry Francona to not Terry Francona. It's a downgrade in itself. Uh, Mookie Betts, eh. Talk to me about the other down. pitchers on this list, Jared, you know, because he has price moving better, right, as an upgrade. And then, as I mentioned, Kluber and Wheeler and Bumgarner, our guy Ventra all sees as something of a downgrade because of their new spot. You seem to be talking again about, like, the hitting, catching up to the pitching. Do What do you think about, say, Kluber, Wheeler, Bumgarner? Are you waiting? Are you fading them? I mean, I'm definitely not fading any of these guys just because they're on a new team. Are there any um, worse I, situation? I'm fading. I I mean, Wheeler's not. He's going to be the ace, one of the aces of this Philly staff, which is a new look Philly roster right. uh, with a new manager and and a new you know shortstop and Didi and um I I don't you know you would you would hope Bryce Harper gets his head out of his tuchus at some point, but who knows right. with him. Um, so Philly, I, I would say talent wise is right there with the Mets. If not, they're more talented. Maybe the rotation for the Mets is slightly better, but no Noah Syndergaard this season. So, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Jacob deGrom's the best pitcher in baseball. It so is a much smaller say, ballpark that he'd be moving. It, that, that's that. So that's a good point in yeah. terms of, and, and that's, that's what it is, right? These moves, these spots that they're now in, I would say the same thing about Bumgarner going from San Fran to Arizona. Yeah. You know, and, and I think ballpark factors are definitely Cleveland in to Texas, right? Stadium. The ball's going to fly out of this new Texas stadium. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. So that is where I think the ballpark factor is important, specifically yes. for these pitchers. And I'm going to say something else on the good side of this list for Kluber, uh, for what Ventra is saying. And it's a point we've made before, Jared. This season is starting right away in the summertime, right? So the idea of a guy like Josh Donaldson moving to Minnesota, he doesn't have to worry about the April and May in Minnesota, okay? And it's already going to be hot, that power-laden team. I think he's viable to still hit just as many, you know, 35 home runs in Minnesota. We talked about those power guys in Minnesota with a truncated summer season getting a little boost up. I like Donaldson as well, but I think the ballpark shift factor is a preeminent factor here in our guy Chris Ventra's mind. I, I agree, and and again, the, it's not like this list was this is a good list because I think that is what I was not taking into account with Wheeler and Bumgarner. You're right, the ballparks. If I'm a pitcher, I'd much rather pitch at City Field or at AT&T Park uh, than in at Citizens Bank Park or, or Chase Field. I mean, I, I there, there there's no debating that at all. Um, I don't know if the team situations are downgrades at, right. going from the Mets to the Phillies 
uh, or from the yeah. the the Giants to the cart or to the Giants to the D-backs. I think those team situations. I think Wheeler has better talent around him. Mm. No offense to Mets fans, but there's no <laughs> Bryce Harper uh, lining up in the outfield uh, for for the Mets. So the team situations are maybe upgrades, but the pitching defensive situations I would say are downgrades. And I agree with I, I agree That's with the closer on that. Uh, the top of this list, I, I'd say he did a pretty good job. I definitely think David Price is an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the nice. Donaldson point you made, I think, is spot on. I love Marcelo Zuno because I love this uh, this Braves team as a whole. I think there's going to be a lot yeah. of ducks on the pond for him, and he's proven sure. that he can slug in guys. He's also proven that he can go to a new team and very quickly pick things up, as he did in St. Louis the last few years. Castellanos an upgrade, too, for Nick. I mean, he's done a good job moving around mm -hmm. and finding ways yeah. to contribute. He also stays in his division, the National League Central. Good point. And he was also in the American League Central. They're going to be facing a lot Familiar of those, opponents. you know, twins and White Sox pitchers yeah. that he's seen in the past. So Castellanos' situation is spot on. Starling Marte, I'm kind of split on. He leaves and he goes to a better team. But I just don't – I don't know enough about him to make that assessment. But he's yeah. definitely in a better team in Arizona than he was in Pittsburgh. I think the the Pirates might be the worst team in baseball this season. <laughs> uh, so the top of this list for Venture is spot on. I got to uh, tell and, you – And I tell you what, the Castellanos name, I forgot that he went to Cincy. Yeah, the That's Great American name Small Park. I would really look at because he has dual uh, – We dual talked about that. Yeah, yeah, he has dual position, right, first maybe third? He has, maybe he has dual citizenship maybe also. Maybe he does, yeah. And knows. remember, we've also talked about this with the other position groups, right? In the National League this year with the DH involved, Castellanos. We talked about the Reds, right? Eugenio Suarez being another kind of guy. Um, absolutely being able to get extra at-bats. I also want to draw attention to Alex Verdugo where in L.A. he didn't have a path to playing time. You know, but now in the now, Boston in the, outfielder, oh, yeah. he may absolutely. What do you think about VR? Our guy Chris Ventress says that VR is downgraded. I don't know if I agree, and here's why. The value of Jonathan VR is in the stolen bases, right? And for me, at least, that's completely contained within himself. That's him getting on base and then him running. I know that the Marlins lineup is probably like a high school team this year, right? But I don't know that that matters because his value is driven by things that are within his locus of control a little bit more than other players. Do you buy that? Yeah. I, VR to me is a really good player, and he goes from one bad team to it's another true. bad team. Uh, and so – I I'm not going to be spending too much brain power handicapping him this season, but I do like him as a player. Yeah. And I think, actually, ironically enough, he's going to be one of the veteran players on this Marlins roster. I don't have it in front of me, uh, but he had a really good year last year, too, he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he's obviously going to be the top-of-the-lineup guy, whereas, and, and again, bear with me here. Bear with me here. Yeah. I don't know it's not going to be possible for the Orioles or the Marlins to be that far back in a shortened season. True. So, you know, you can't be 40 games back like they were last year. There's only 50 games in the whole season. So I don't, and that's why, and we talked about this, that 538 article, which I think we mentioned even bringing up this week because of, yeah. These kinds of discussions where you compress. <laughs> Expanded playoffs, compressed yeah. season. Here we are. You, 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 you compress, and all of a sudden the bad teams aren't as bad and the good teams aren't as good. That's just the nature of, you know, more outcomes uh, over the course it's of time. That's half, one one Exactly, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I think Villar, and I think everyone on those on those bad teams get a little bit of a boost, maybe a 1, 2, 3% boost in terms of where they stack up compared to other players on good teams because there aren't going to be as many or the the amount of the good teams, they won't be as good, whereas there has to be another side well, of that. Live, that right? Like halfway through the season, everyone's going to be within 10 games of each other. Exactly. And we've talked you have that, one that, bad week, you're done. Yeah. Only we seven weeks, you're done. Also, how it relates to potentially having a trading deadline somehow in a 48 to 50 game season as well. Well, that'll do it for our number one. When we come back here on In Game Live, we turn our attention to the NFL and uh, some news and notes about why you and I, we could be in the building come fall. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's In Game Live right here on Sports Grid. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.